Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Where I didn't look at the man sitting with her in McDonald's. I hadn't forgot about God said, you have a heart for young people. Can you tell me, is it young adults or is it the youth? What did I do? I looked past the person, and I looked to the call. Because God's calling the ones that don't feel worthy, the ones that may not look worthy to self-righteous people. But I thank God we don't have a self-righteous church. I thank God that this is like a hub, a connecting place. This is a connector where we connect people to the Spirit of God. And so sometimes you see people come and go, and you think, how could they sing and then gone and things like that. But we connected them to their call. We connected them to God. And then they're going to be laid on the bed when they get tired of that sin. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, just you understand there's a fine line there. But I'm trying to say that, that we have to be open to connect people to their call because until you give them a passion, do you know the Brownsville Revival worship leader was in a bar when Pastor Kilpatrick went to him? He was backslidden, hurt from church, and he's sitting in a bar, and he walked in, and he said, you're going to be my praise leader. Come on, and they started a revival. Now, we've never done things like that here. We've never done, and I'm not doing anything till the Spirit quickens, but I'm saying to you. I was just in Alabama and um, just in Alabama and the pastor there and his wife said we needed a drummer. We went weeks and weeks and our drummer wanted to lay out a church, wanted to just come when they want to. See, sometimes when we'll be saved a while, we, we feel entitled and that position will be there when we get back. So they hired a drummer. He wasn't serving God. They paid him. I don't know that I would do this either. Y'all got to help me. <laughs> but they paid him $25 a week to come play the drums. The second service, he said, whatever we just did, we got to do it every time because we were one. We were in total unity. And heaven came down in this place. And I want to know what y'all got because I want it. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ because somebody gave him an opportunity to feel the call. Somebody gave him the opportunity instead of feeling like he wasn't worthy, feeling like he wasn't good enough when he walked into a church like, I got to pay dues before I can talk to you. I got to be saved 50 years before I I can tell you about Jesus. Well, that ain't what the Word says. He said to get saved and to go and make disciples out of all men and baptize. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you that we tear down all self-righteousness. 
that we don't do it, but we don't want nobody else to do it. You said, woe to the Pharisee that won't go in and won't let nobody else go in because we hold our titles and our positions and we don't do anything with it. We do it when we want to do it and we think it'll always be there. But I call a, a, a fear of the Lord that we can't do that anymore. I can no longer say I'm this and that and not do the call. God, I thank you, Lord, that your people are going to rise up to the call that you have on our life and we're going to do it whether we're good enough or we're not good enough whether we feel like we've arrived or we hadn't arrived hey god what we've been doing is not reaching them what the church they're falling away i was watching some game show and they said uh where do you meet people to to date the church was not on that list at all. It used to would have been number one, but a bar was number one. And so you would think it was in the other four answers, but it was in none of them. And people looked at you crazy when this lady said church. They looked at her crazy like they don't even know what that is. It's not in the church as you say church anymore. It's not in that anymore. Brother Floyd's always told us that. We are the church, but we do come together to get equipped and to let our gifts operate and be used so we can equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, but it's not inside the four walls. We went to the prayer, you know, we had school of ministry here, but pastor didn't get to preach last Sunday because y'all was on the floor, I heard. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. So I said, would you lay the foundation for that? Because I'm fixing to preach on the blood on Tuesday, this Tuesday, of the love of God, what he did for us when he, when he did that, laid, gave his son. So she's laying the foundation for all that. And I went to the prayer for Cross It. And somebody said, well, we didn't get an invitation. Well, that's self-righteous. Why don't you go anyway? <laughs> You're a pastor in the city. You're a leader in the city. Right now, we have something here. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if we think like that, if we think everybody's supposed to bow to us, they don't do that. We have to go, we have to go first. Everything in the kingdom is I got to go first and give my life to it. All I know is there's 50 people there praying for the city and probably at least four churches. And maybe we're not invited because we ain't been going, you know. So let's just take all that stuff down and let's put ourselves out there, put ourselves out in the city. Now this week, you come here at 6, but we'll just do that a few, you know, probably four more weeks and take a little break for the holidays on the school of ministry. But they have prayer at 6 o'clock. And this week, First Baptist that's on the truck route area, they were doing it. They had their youth singing and their preacher preaching. And it was good. Amen. So we want to come in unity with what God's doing. But you have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself out there first. Seek ye first the kingdom and all these other things will be added. I don't wait on them to come to me. But I have something good to tell you. I was in Cash Saver buying some groceries. And, um, and I was up there and I was just putting my groceries on the thing. And this girl looked up and she said, Do I know you from church? And I, I looked at her, and she said, you're Monica's friend, aren't you? 
I didn't say, yeah, I'm, I'm the apostle there. I'm the pastor, senior pastor. I said, yeah, I am Monica's friend. Kept putting my groceries up there. In a minute, she looked up. Well, in a minute, I said, where do you go to church? She said, church over here, Baptist church over here. And I said, okay. And she looked up in a little bit. I put my groceries, and she says, I don't see Jesus on all these other people like I do, y'all. And I see you on Facebook Live, and I see Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that about me. I'm just saying that Peter's shadow healed the sick, and when he went through places, and when the presence of God is on Elder and she goes to the doctor and people can see God on her, that's kind of like Peter's shadow healing the sick. And I, I simply said, well, uh, thank you, you know. I said, she said, my children don't go to church because they don't got no kids. She said, and they don't like it. So she said, I've been sending them to Wednesday so they can go there. She said, I'm going to have to find another church. I never said I'm the preacher, none of that. And she says, uh, in a little bit, she says, I think I want to come visit. I said, well, we don't steal sheep. I said, but maybe when we have something, you can come. And I never said who I was. And I walked off with my groceries. My husband suffered. And Christian was in there, Brother Allen's son. And he, we run up hugging each other. He says, see you later, apostle. And that girl went. She didn't know, not that I'm anybody. I'm trying to make a point how to minister. I didn't have to go in there with big titles, but she's going to come to Monica's home group on Wednesday night because she's hungry. And she says, I got I to gotta get somewhere I can get some light. But I'm just saying that to say, and I met a man yesterday that knew Brother Allen. I took the girls to McDonald's, Caleb's girls, and he, come, he kept looking at me. I'm just getting the Cokes for the kids. And he said, so I'm saying you got to get out there. I'm trying to say we got to get out there. I, don't, I hadn't been out there much. I've been right there on my face. So he says, don't you go to church with Brother Allen? I said, yes, I do. Isn't he a pastor or something? I said, he's a prophet of God. He's a mighty man of God. He said, I've been there before. I said, you have? I said, well, why don't you come back and visit us? He said, I will. He said, I'm one of them there preachers too. And I said, he said, don't you preach there? I said, sometimes, but we got a lot of preachers. But anyway, minister to the man and not yourself. We don't have to tell them who we are. They already know if you're somebody in God. They already know because you carry aroma, you carry a fragrance, you carry, they can see Jesus in your eyes. They can see where they can really get some help, and that's what people's looking for. I see it everywhere I go, all across the land. They don't have any help for deliverance, hardly. They don't see a lot of deliverance help. They see a lot of people about provision. They see a lot of people about healing. They see a lot about salvation. But most people are steering away from deliverance. But in these last days, saith God, there's going to be a place, a remnant of people that they can come to and they can say, they can, I've got this issue. I, I look at pornography every night. I hit my wife every other night. I steal my husband's money and he don't know about it. 
I need help. Now it's overtaken me, and I've got us in so much debt. And they can come and confess their faults to one another that they may be healed is what the Word of God says. I confess my faults to you. This prayer army knows if I've got an issue, a problem, I come in and say, I need help. This is going on in my family. I've never tried to hide it. I've always, I've always been honest and opened my heart because David did that. He poured his heart out. Jesus poured his heart out unto death in obedience to the cross that we can be free. But sometimes we need to be able to say it. Sometimes I need to be able to say, I do this, because that confession right there is an act of, uh, when he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. If you confess with your mouth, you'll be delivered. I'm talking about when you confess and say, I am a dirty, rotten, scoundrel dog. I do this. I do this. Or if we're self-righteous, I'm so arrogant, I don't ever even speak to people when I walk by because I, don't, I look down on them. But I don't want to be that way no more. Help me find the root of this. Because when the axe is laid to the root of the tree, it'll lay there. It won't get up again because it's been severed at the root. It's been severed at the root. We was teaching on school of ministry last Tuesday before. And my, my new brother, you know, that he just found me. He's a recovered alcoholic, 20 years, and he's really temp- he goes to church, but he's tempted to drink constantly, and he don't understand. He's got his coin. He don't know why he rises up against his wife sometimes, and then he wants to go drink. But they called me and said, I heard you teaching on the school of ministry on disarming the enemy, and I need help. I don't know how to relate to my daughter. I, I don't know how his wife called me. I don't know how to relate to her. We don't have a relationship. And we see each other every day at work, and we fight. I said, you know what? See, you might have to put yourself out a little bit. They live in West Monroe. I said, I'll come down there and meet you, and we'll talk about it. So I met with her. I was sick when I got up, and I said, uh-uh, devil? <laughs> I didn't, it would have been easier to not go. I got in that car, and I met her, and all that sickness left because the devil didn't want me to meet her. And she sat there. I cried more than she did, and I said, this is how I have a relationship with my sons and daughters. This is how my marriage is completely whole today. This is how I have a relationship with my mother that I didn't have all my life till the last two years that she died. This is how. She said, you mean I got to shut my mouth and don't talk back? I said, if you want that relationship healed, you do. That's how you get healed. You don't talk back. Jesus didn't answer back. So make a long story short, she saw strategies. And I saw her yesterday, Julie's birthday stuff, and she had a whole new look on her face, a whole new, she has some hope today. She has some hope because of this vision that you don't hear taught very many places. When I go places, they don't, they ain't been taught that. They, they have their portion, but we have a portion. Nobody teaches. She said, I went through all the steps because I went to the meetings with Edward for the alcohol, and I went through all the steps, and I laid everything, what my ex-husband did to me, out this to God and said, take it. Is that not enough? I said, well, how do you feel when you see him now? Something rises up in me. (laughs) 
something rises up in me and I get aggravated and frustrated and start acting out at home, I said, okay. So that was good, but it's taking it a little deeper now. So God's fixing to show you something. We're going to pray, and he's going to show you something. It may be in your car driving home. It may be right here. And you're going to see it like a little picture. And then you're going to say, yes, God, that day when he hit me when I was cooking for him, I hated his guts and wanted to take that knife and stab him. And that went in my heart deep, and it's still in there. And I confess it out now, and I ask you to forgive him, God, because I forgive him. Lord, help me to forgive this man that caused me to be so angry. And I told her, I said, the key in deliverance is not just one time of I pray for you, and you're totally healed of every soulish room, uh, soulish thing. It didn't happen to you in a second. It happened to you over a lifetime. So I said, so take one thing at a time. What, God, why is this hitting me today? Why is this making me mad? Why am I angry? Why am I angry apostle saying this? Because <laughs> I have laid on that floor in the second pew and said, and my mama's ministering, and I said, I hate her, God. Lead her in this church. I hate her. I said, I don't want to hate her, God. Help me. What is this? But she just hit something, a judgment on the inside of me from when I was a child. She wasn't saved for 29 years of my life. And then he would show me what happened. And I say, she chose that man over me when I told her he did that to me. Now she chooses everybody else over me, God. And now I'm angry every time she does that, and I hate her. But I don't want this in my heart anymore, God. I confess it out to you. See, I couldn't get there by myself for years, so don't feel bad when you need help. I couldn't get there by myself for years. That was my mama, and I didn't want to go to my mama pastor and say, I hate you. So we had so many things like that, and deliverance would come to one day. I said, God, I was sitting in that office. I would, would you show me how to do this myself now? I've learned the cycle of deliverance. Would you show me how to do it? And he showed me so it didn't have to be a big confrontation anymore. And then that anointing came on me to help others do it. And now I can help my brother that he don't drink again. That he can get to the root of the anger and why he wants to drink after 20 years of not drinking. And why is it coming up again and again and again? And I'm okay for eight months and it comes up again. It's because there's a trigger point in there and somebody pushed it. Some circumstance pushed it. It don't have to be a big thing that you struggle with. It can be a little thing. But the circumstance happens, and it pushes the triggers. And then we try to run and hide instead of coming before him and confessing it and saying, God, I'm guilty. I'm guilty again, God. But you said if the righteous fall seven times, they're going to rise again. Hey. Hey, you, I may fail down every other time, but God, I'm going to rise again until I'm free from this. I'm going to rise again until it no longer hinders me. I'm going to rise again until I'm not going back to them cigarettes. I'm going to rise again, God. Hey, We wonder why I'm talking about this. There's deliverance going on in the house right there today. That's what this vision is. He said, I've called you to set the captive free. He said, he said to cast out devils, heal the sick, set the captives free. 
how come we don't hear about setting the captives free much? Because most people don't have the power to set them free because they never walked it out themselves. But when you walk it out yourself, you got something to help somebody else. Don't let the church be like the ones with the woman that committed adultery and they all left. They all left, God, because they, they're like, who is she? She's sinning. How come he's spending time with her? How come he's not throwing stones at her? How come he's not rebuking her? Jesus said, I sit with a sinner and the publican. Hey, God, we tear down every wall of self-righteousness, every arrogant spirit, every high-minded spirit. I remember when I ordained people, people got angry because they're like, I see what they do. Well, you're not their judge. The Word is their judge. Jesus Christ is their judge. Jesus is the judge. People say, well, he says the judge. He's not talking about to judge the baby Christian. He's not talking about for you to pass judgment on people. The other day in my spirit came the accuser of the brethren. is Satan. If I accuse you, then I'm aligning with Satan. If I say, what's she doing up there singing? She's this. Well, if I say, I ain't seen them in no prayer. Why are they prophesying? You accuser of the brethren, and you are aligning yourself with Satan. That's a revelation. So, so any self-righteousness in us, we need to get that. If I'm accusing the brethren, if I'm accusing a baby Christian, if I'm and none of this, I ain't heard none of this going on. We've just been hitting self-righteous for about a month because we're teaching on love, and we don't want that spirit anywhere around us because it pushes people away, and they don't feel welcome. But at the ramp and all these places where they have the souls, they're not looking at anything they're doing. They're not looking at that. They're not saying, do you pass the test before you can keep our kids? Do you, are you, uh, you done been through deliverance? Because, you know, you got some stuff in you too or had some at one time and you kept kids. I'm hitting that thing today can't stand that thing because it sends people to hell while it sits on its righteous throne, while it sits up on its, on its buttocks and don't do anything. You know, the Word says that when I condemn others, it's because I'm condemned myself. And Charlotte got a major revelation on this, and I want her to come share it. Remember sharing it with me? About... Uh, if someone didn't go with me, then, but you was. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, I love, I love, I choose to love, but, but in my heart, sometimes when people push you away, it, I didn't see it's what's, what people come at me with and say to me or about me, it has nothing to do with me. It's, it's. It's, the, it's their own in, internal struggle. It's what's going on inside of them. And so for me to receive that any way other than with love is self-righteous. And for anything, you know, anything. And, and, you know, there are a couple people in my life, you know, they just, they just get to me, you know. And, and it's like they're just mean. And Jesus didn't say love. He said love God. He said love my neighbor as myself, love my brother and love my enemies, and it's like that. Just pretty much includes everybody. But you know, they're like, like 
like my apostle, she would go and, you know, she would something would happen and she'd get hurt. And I'd be so mad about it. And it's like, well, you know, how could, well, wait a minute, how could I? How could I do this? How could I think this? That was real, really self-righteous. And I'm asking God to take that out of me. It doesn't matter. You know, we all have a struggle. We all struggle. And, you know, it hurts me when somebody judges me for my struggle. Here, I'm sitting here doing that to somebody else, you know. How come I wasn't with my apostle? How come I wasn't taking care of her and flying with her where she didn't have to fly by? You know, well, I got to look at this, you know, and, and, and ask God to take that out of my heart. God said to love my enemies. And, 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 you know, these are people that I'm intimate with that I love that I was judging. Well, if I can't, you know, God help me, you know, say I need to get saved. What I need is to get saved, you know, because I ain't even saved enough. To love somebody. You know what I'm saying? That's just so, oh, it was so self-righteous. So if I've ever treated anyone here less than anything, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I just love you all, and I want to esteem my brother higher than myself. I want to, I want to love my enemy. I want to bless those that curse me. But he's given me a revelation on that. I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning. He's not done. He's not done yet, but... But it's going to take us there. Amen. Stay, stay up here. So we, yes, amen. Let's give her a hand for that. Amen. So we were talking the other day because she was praying because, you know, the prayer target's been on loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor. It's like, how do I love my neighbor? She was saying more than myself. And I just got an insight on that if I'm condemned, one thing, I don't have any confidence, the Bible says, to do my call if I stay condemned all the time. But the other thing is, if I'm condemned, it's probably because I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So I put that condemnation on others. That's why the Bible says if you're condemned, it's because you can, you condemned already in your heart. You're condemned in your heart. Like she said, she's my armor bearer. So when I fell down that escalator, she's, she's upset. Why did so-and-so ride with them and not fly with you? Well, I didn't say, well, where was you at? Because she did offer to go, but the plane tickets was 550 and I wasn't going to. But someone said, I'll pay her away. So I'm saying all this to say that if, this is an example, though. If, so she was, she was upset at that person, but she's, she's seeing this revelation. That's why we're teaching it to the church. I'm seeing this revelation. If I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, then condemnation comes on me from the enemy, and then I condemn you by saying little things. Uh, by how, do, how does that happen? Yeah, but well, with me, my 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 defense is to just back off, just go. I, I distance myself from people. You know, it's easy that way. You know, it's it's easy. You don't have to deal with them. You know, but that's my. You know, it's just to, just to. You know, you don't exist to me. You know, you. That's just pretty much what. That's what how I lived in the world. You know, I didn't have to do anything. I just okay, you're dead to me, and that was. So I, that's how I was. And, you know, and, and you, you, you beat yourself up because you are condemned. 
and you come to a place where you don't love yourself. I mean, all your whole life, your whole life you spent becoming who you were when you walked in here. And you don't, I don't love that about me. I don't love very much about me. And that was an issue with me. And I'm thinking, God, show me how to love my neighbor. How do you love your neighbor when you don't love yourself? How, how do you do that? So, so God's going to show me that. You know, he's, he's showing me little things. But yes, any little thing, you just see somebody coming and you go the other way. To, I mean, it's a deliberate, obvious avoiding them. You're not even thinking how that's going to make them feel. You just get away from them because they're mean and whatever. And look how I'm looking to them. How, what are they thinking? When they see me do that, it's like, oh, I'm not worthy. I don't have any value. You know, we don't consider how we make someone else feel in all that. We just, it's, you know, it's just our, we just close ourselves off and to heck with the world. Heck with, with those that we love, that love us, that pray for us, you know. So it's every little thing, every little word, every, it's a lot of things you don't say. You know, you don't walk up and say, I just love you. You look beautiful. Even if they do, you know, you don't give them that. You know, that's so mean and self-righteous and ugly. That's so ugly. So, but you just, you know, it's, it's all the things. And in our heart, we know. You know, we know. We feel that little quick. We, we, we hear God. We can feel that little quick. You shouldn't have done that. Go back and, go back and hug them. And sometimes sweat rolling down in your socks. You're shaking like a leaf. Your teeth is grinding, but you're going to go back and hug them. And God, please let them believe I'm, I'm real. I'm being for real. Oh, I love you. I love you so much. But he's, he's showing me awesome things because I didn't know about that unconditional love. <clears throat> what is that, God? I don't know what that is. I don't love myself, so how can I love my neighbor? Because I sure don't want to love them the way I love me. You know, they'd be, I'd be, they'd be pushing up daisies, baby. Uh-uh. So, I, I'm, God, what is unconditional love? What is that? I want, to, I want to have that. I want to have that for my enemies. If I have it for my enemies, I'm going to have it for everybody else in between, you know? And I want to have it for you, God. And so, I, you, know, who, you know, who knows everything? Google, you know. So, I got on there and I Googled <laughs> unconditional love. And, and it was really cool. There were several things, you know, people, you know, these theologians, theologi theologies and doctrines and things, and they teach you all about this. How can I have this? But, <laughs> but I want to. I'm studying it. I'm praying about it. I want that. And it's like, God, if I want this so bad, I'm not going to not have it because you're going to give it to me. You're going to help me. You're going to change my heart. And help me to love with the love of the Lord. He's, he's going to do that. But just, yes, his love is shed abroad in my heart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So don't leave yet. So <laughs> I love it when they don't want the mic. That's the one you want to give the mic to. <laughs> so love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So it's not our love that we're given. It's his love. And in knowing that, I can love them no matter what they do. I can love them no matter what they do. Jesus, they pulled his beard. They put thorns on his head. They pierced his side. And he didn't, he didn't answer back. They said, aren't you the king of kings? Like I was saying a while ago, he didn't say, yeah. And my daddy's going to get you. He didn't say that. 
He didn't say it because he came for a purpose, and I came for a purpose, and that is to love my brother more than I do myself or as I do myself. But you're right. If we stay condemned about ourselves all the time, all we see is self. And we don't have any confidence to love anybody else because I'm so wrapped up in me. But if I lay me down on the altar like Romans says and let me be his living sacrifice, then I'm going to love because love's going to fulfill the law. Love fulfills all the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. Grace came through Moses. Law came through Moses and grace came through Jesus Christ. Law came through Moses and grace came through Jesus Christ. So I'm going to love people. And if I don't love people, John says, I don't know God. If I don't love people, I don't know God because he is love. He is love. And I know this is simple, but I want us to see because we got a harvest to reap. And he said, he said to pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. That means that's how you're going to get a harvest. People got to love. People got to go. Because he said they're going to know you by your love for one another. And if I'm ignoring you in the hallway of church, I'm not seeing you about you the rest of the week for sure. So God, teach us how to love today. Teach us how to love our brethren. Teach us how to love our enemy. You said to bless those that curse us, do good to them that hate us, and pray for them that despitefully use us, God. God, and that's your kind of love. I can't do that in myself. But I can see, Lord, I can see when my husband turns and looks at me and start and disarms the enemy after me doing that so many times. And he didn't know that's what I was doing, God. But I would just keep my mouth shut and just do it. I would just do it, God, because I love you. I would do it because I love you, God. That's why I didn't do it for, for me or for any other reason or I would have left a long time ago. I did it because I loved you. You say we love you because you first loved us. I love you because you first loved me. So I can love your people, Lord. I can love the sinner. I can love the saint because you first loved me, God. And I find myself in a place of needing your grace and love as much as they do, that I'm not superior over that. I'm not something above that. I'm in the same place of needing you, God. I need you more than a lot of folks because I grew up in hell, God. Maybe they grew up in church. Maybe they were loved and, and I wasn't as a child, God. So, God, instead of us looking at ourselves when we go to witness, instead of us seeing self, why don't they give me an invitation? They did when they put it on Facebook. All across it, we're having prayer for our city. That's an invitation. So what in us feels entitled that I need a personal one? God, you're working in here today. You're working in here today. This is the days of all. This is the time of repentance. This is the time to search our heart. Search our heart, O oh Lord. You said to pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers. If there's no harvest, there's no laborers. If there's no harvest, there's no seed sown. If souls aren't running to the church, how many people are going and planting seeds for the souls? God, I ask you to show us, Lord. I ask that we look at ourselves today. Look at how I receive them when they come in. 
tatted up and purpled hair, and I don't believe anybody here has a problem with any of that. But if I get them to sing a song and they, they're not where I think they need to be, And, and I'm going to church and going home, going to church and going home, not doing anything for the church. Maybe that's why you got to, there was one church Daniel was telling me about, Elder was telling me about, and I'm not there yet either. So I'm probably the one needing prayer. Would you tell us about it, that he started his church with sinners? That's a minister. It's from Elder Ryder when he went out to uh, Las Vegas. And started a church. And there are no churches out there. So there's nobody, you know, nobody knows what a church is supposed to be like. They started coming and they would have a get together at the church and the people would come with their bikinis on and their <laughs> ice chest full of beer and they would, you know, get to know one another. That's, that's their lifestyle. That's all they knew. And he didn't say a word. <laughs> He didn't say a word. He preached the word. And then all of a sudden, one of them would come to him and say, I feel like I'm not supposed to do this anymore. You know? Or I see in the word where it says, um, that I'm supposed to tithe. What does that mean? <laughs> and that's how they grew their church, you know, as the Lord revealed to them. Because in their society, None of that was considered wrong. I mean, I know we as a, you know, we know, but they they weren't brought up in the Bible Belt like we men. You know, they said in the Bible days, if it if it's sin to you, it's sin, and those people didn't know. So he approached them as they were, and that's what Paul said. He said to become all things to all men. You know, and so I'm supposed to reach that person on their level. And, you know, I don't know what that work here because everybody knows what's right and what's wrong. We've been told from church people for years <laughs> what we're not supposed to be, what we're not supposed to do. But I just, I just heard the love of God in that man's voice. And, you know, I, I was a very self-righteous person, and I'm not saying it's all gone. But I want it to be. You know, when, when we reach out to someone, if we can just not think about ourselves, not think about, or, or maybe remember where I came from, <laughs> that's what I need to do, remember where I came from. Because when I came, I couldn't even, I couldn't tell the truth about anything. I was so um, closed in and so controlled. I was afraid to talk to God, like tell him what I really felt. When I first heard that scripture that uh, he desires truth in our inward parts, I'm like, what? You know, we were taught to come before God with, um, you know, praise in our heart. And I never was taught to tell him the truth. I was scared to death to tell him the truth. So when I started dealing with all the stuff, I had to start saying, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate. I hate my mama, I hate my daddy, I hate God. <laughs> you know? And um, that reality is what's, what sets, is what set me free. Like an onion, apostles always taught us. Pastor Eileen, Apostle Eileen taught us like an onion. It peels one layer at a time till we can get down to the core of it. And then 
we really can be free. God has done, done a work in my life in areas that, um, well, for one thing, I never would have sat right here. You know, I was one that hid my face and wouldn't talk to people. And just that, you know. But God is a God of love. He is a God of love. And when I started telling him the truth, you know, he never one time, never one time got on to me. <laughs> never one time did he reject me and say, now you shouldn't feel that way. <laughs> Amen. You shouldn't say those things. <laughs> His presence would come and wash it all away. <laughs> and he would love me. And he would love me till I could get to the next place. And cried out again. <laughs> That's all he's asking is for us to let people have that. The same thing that he's had. You know, maybe we hadn't all had that here. Maybe we haven't all learned how to do that. But that's what's here. That's the spirit that's here. That's the anointing that's here. Is, is that we can be real. We can be real with God. We don't have to hide. We don't have to hide from, you know, come to church with a fake face. That's the way I used to live. I grew up with a family in my church and our kids, I mean, I was one of the kids and their kids. We all grew up together. All of a sudden he gets, the young man gets old enough to go to college and, and then I find out he's been in a rehab and I'm like, what? We never knew one thing about it. We never came together for prayer. We never, never knew. We used to go to their church every Sunday night after church. But we couldn't be real. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't come together and just ask for prayer. Look, my son needs prayer because everybody has to stay perfect. Act like we know what's going on and we have all the answers and we don't need anything. And, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. Everything the enemy tells us to keep us from these altars is a lie. We serve a loving, a loving God. The enemy had perverted even my view of God. You know, I really hated him. I hated him because I had judged him. I judged him to be like my, my parents, you know. My parents weren't bad, but it doesn't really matter the circumstances. I never was like physically abused, but I was emotionally abused. And you, it doesn't matter really what you even went through. It's how you perceive it in your heart, you know. Because the enemy will tell you, "Oh, that's nothing. They didn't, they didn't do anything to you." But when you're a child, when you're just a child. Those, that's when all that stuff is formed and you make wrong, you know, you form wrong opinions, you, you get hurt and you try to do things yourself and that's where all those roots are at. All those things that form us go all the way back to our childhood most of the time and even to God. So I just want to, I just want to thank you today, God, that you want this to be a place. This is a place that we can come and just say anything we need to to you. 
we can come and just just talk to you. Just like, just talk to you. That's all we have to do. Tell you how we feel. Tell you what we're going through. And you're here. You're here with us. And you long for us to be free. You long for us to be free. You want us to all be free. I just thank you for that today, Father. So, God, we just, we know this is the days of all, Lord. And what better message than to love ourselves, love others as we love ourselves, God. And we need to get that before we want to get another message that I love others. I love others, God. I love you, love myself, and I love others. Some of us today don't love ourselves, like Charlotte said. We just, you know, I don't have too much pride, and it's okay to do it in your pew. I'm not saying that, but some people today want to get on their knees, and they want to say, God, I repent because I don't love myself. I don't hate you. I hate me. Some people here, here hate their self because they can't get free. They can't quit doing the things they don't want to do anymore. Paul was in that situation. He said, I do the things I don't want to do. I do the things I don't want to do, and I do them over and over and over and over. And for this new season to come, this is a new season, a new year. Just act like it's New Year's Eve, and we, we, we're trying to make our New Year's resolution, but we're going to do it through the Spirit. We're going to lay it on the altar so He can do it through us, because you said that you caused us to walk in your statutes, God. My notes are what was just said. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That we we do have to walk in love, in complete love. And when Charlotte said, what is unconditional love? Unconditional love is no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I lay my life down for you. I give up everything I have for you. That's what Jesus did. That's what he did for us. And that's the love that has been shed abroad in my heart. That love right there has, is what's been shed abroad in my heart. And I was sitting in the office this week, and, and I was like, God, I just really need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. And I just heard First John 4. And so I turned to 1 John 4, and it talks about, you know, paying attention to the spirits that's, that's going on. And then verse 4 says, that he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. And and we, we, we quote that all the time. Like it's just a cliche to us. We just, you know, we just spit it out, and it doesn't mean anything. But I was sitting there, and I stopped. And I said, he who lives on the inside of me is greater than he who lives in the world. And I just started pulling on that scripture. 
because God was speaking that to me. And so I started pulling on that scripture, and I'm like, God, you got to, the greater one lives on the inside of me. He who lives on the inside of you is greater than he who lives in the world. And then the rest of that chapter talks about knowing God and love. And so I started getting the revelation. It started coming. It hasn't finished but it is coming that that greater one that loves that way lives on the inside of me. I failed every single test this week. I just want to tell you all that. Every single one of them that come my way, I failed it. Every one of them. I got in my flesh every time. Every single time. Because, <laughs> yes. It's a good sign because there's things down here on the inside of me. See, we, we have been conditioned our entire life that everything is about me. Everything's about me. I mean, when I'm, when I'm a baby, when I cry, everybody runs and tries to fix what's going on. So everything in my life points to the fact that the world revolves around me. My feelings, my emotions, my desires, me, 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 me. But we teach around here, and it gets hit a lot, that lest a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it will die, it will bear much fruit. There is life in death. And life does not come without death. So what am I dying to? Me. I'm dying to me. I'm dying to how you treat me. I'm dying to how you make me feel. I'm dying to my desires and my feelings and my... That's what I'm dying to. And if I don't die to that, I ain't got no life. I know that's bad English. But I don't have any life if I don't die to that right there. Because unconditional love does not focus on what you do. It doesn't look at what you do. It does not take a record of how you wronged me. It doesn't look at how you wronged me. It does not look at you betrayed me. It does not look at that. Perfect love says, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, God. The little G God of this world has them blinded and they can't see. They can't see, God. They can't see, Father. They can't see. So forgive them, God. Forgive them. That's perfect love. That's unconditional love. That even though you did betray me, even though you did just smack me in my face, or you did just stick a spike in my heart, even though you did just do that, I lay my life down for you. 
and I don't worry about my feelings, my emotions. We can win our families that way. I just want to say it again. I failed every single test this week. Every one of them. I failed it miserably. But God spoke to me in that office back there. And he said, the gra- he that lives on the inside of you is greater than he that lives in the world. Well, the world focuses around me. That's what the world focuses on. But he just keeps on going in, this, in that scripture. I want to, can I read it from, from the um, Passion Translation? It says, little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, all those worldly things. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. They belong to the world and they articulate the spirit of this world and the world listens to them. But we belong to God and whoever truly knows God listens to us. Now I'm fixing to stop right here and I'm going to say if you truly belong to God, you're going to listen to what is being said today. Because this entire service is about love. It's about not being self-righteous because, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes. And it is wrong of me, and it is self-righteous of me to go, ugh, I just, I, you, you ain't coming over here. You ain't getting in my car because you're smoking cigarettes. That's real self-righteous. I can't believe, my Lord, they stink. That's so, I used to smell the exact same way. I used to smell that way. So what's so fantastic about me? Really and truly, that's that is what self-righteousness is. Whenever I condemn you for doing what I do or did, that's self-righteous. That's what we've been hitting all this, well, for the last few weeks. But that unconditional love, unconditional love means it doesn't matter that you just smacked me. It doesn't matter. That love, 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 love has been put in my heart. Romans 5, 5, 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. And that is agape. The agape of God has been poured out in my heart. It says in 1 John 4, if you don't walk in love, you don't know God. John 17, 3 says that this is eternal life, to know God. And if I know God, I walk in love. He said if He loved us and we say we belong to Him, ought we not walk like He walked? Ought we not love one another like he loved one another? So you know what I've been saying all week long is, Oh, my God, I need to get saved. That's why when she said that, I thought, "Mm, Yes, I need to check my salvation. He said, If you know God, you walk in love. If you know God, you walk in love. If you know God, you don't browbeat somebody. If you know God, you're not pushing them. You don't push them away. If you know God, it doesn't matter what they do to you. It doesn't matter how they make you feel. 
If you know God, you walk in love. Love is gentle. Love is kind. Love is always kind. Just like Elder Dana said when she told God, I hate you. He did not turn around and say, you rotten little. I have raised you all your life and I put church going parents. That's who I gave you to. And I tried to make you. He didn't do any of that. He just loved and he, and he tended to and he nurtured until we can come out of it. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's, I listened to, I'm telling y'all, I, I started listening to this man and he is wrecking my entire world. His name is Pastor Dan Moeller. And he's wrecking everything that I think about Christianity. Pastor Dan is the one that led Todd White to Jesus. That's who led him to Jesus. So you can tell what kind of, I mean, it's his son. This man, this man got saved, like radically saved. And the love of God was poured into him. And he started walking in love. His son was raised up in that love with that daddy that loved. Nothing but loved. His son went out for two years and, and, and became addicted to drugs. He said, he said for two years he was under deception. And he said, he said, but that didn't affect me. I went on. He said, I couldn't hug my son, so I hugged everybody else's son. And he didn't. Anyway. He's in his kitchen one day, and he's canning tomatoes. He's going on with his life. He's canning tomatoes. He said the worship music was blasting through the house. He wasn't, okay, I'm not going there. Um, he heard, hears a knock on the door, and he goes to answer the door, and he looks out, and he don't see anybody, and, and he turns and looks, and there's his son who has wasted away to 120 pounds, and he's leaned up against the house, and he's just shaking because he's scared to death. So he opens the, he looks at him and he says, hey, buddy. He could have said, who do you think you are? Do you not know what you've done to your mama? Do you not know that your mama has been on her face? Her heart is broken. You know, he could have just condemned him terribly. But he said, hey, buddy. He said, you don't look too good. Are you okay? And he said, dad, can I come in the house? And Yes, you can come in the house. Can I hug you? Yes, you can hug. So he wraps his arms around him. He never once condemned him. He just held him and let his boy, his drug-abusing son, cry out all of the stuff that was in him. And he never once told him, I raised you better than this. I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe that you've gone out and gone against everything that I taught you. You know better than to do something like this. Look at what it's done to you. That right there is self-righteous. That right there is not love. That right there is not God. Anytime what comes out of me is more about me and how you've made me look, it is not God. It is so far from God. He says that that agape love... That love that's always gentle, 
that love that's always kind, that love that never looks at how you wronged me, that love that never, it, ne- it does not hold a record, it don't keep score. That love, that love right there is the love that has been shed abroad in my heart. That's the love that fills me if I belong to him. And he said, if I walk in love, I know him. If I don't, I don't know him. That's just what the word says. Let's read it. John, 1 John. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In verse 6, it says, we are of God. He who knows God hears us, and he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, he sent his son to pay the price for my sin. In my sin. Before I chose him. While I was still an enemy. While I, me, me, while I was still an enemy. See, a lot of us think that we've just been saved since, you know, I don't know, creation. That we, you know, we forget. There's a scripture in here somewhere, I think it's somewhere in one of these Johns, where it said, don't forget that you yourself used to be obstinate. You yourself was rebellious. You yourself did this. Don't forget that because it's so easy for us to forget where he brought us from. It's so easy for us to forget that I was raised in religion. You talk about self-righteous. I recognize self-righteous. I was one. Religion points out all the time about what you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, but it don't tell you nothing about a relationship with Jesus. And that's what this whole thing is about. And if I have a relationship with him, if I spend time with him, if I'm praying, if I'm seeking after him, then I better be walking in love. All fingers are pointed back to me this morning, okay? I am, I'm not saying, I'm just wanting to teach us because I want to preach those, these messages that transform us into his image. Not tickle my ears and tell me how fantastic I am. In Him I am. In Him I am fantastic. In Him I can do anything. In Him, it's in Him. In me, I can mess a lot up. But in Him, I can do all things. And in Him, in Him, I can walk in this love. Because this is the love that's in my heart by Holy Ghost. It's by Holy Ghost. (laughs) 
He says in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And every time these words are used, it's agape. You know, there's the three different kinds of love. There's phileo and there's your air something and, and there's agape. <laughs> and he's talking about loving him, loving his people. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. If we abide in him, if he abides in me, then I love. That means I pay real close attention to how I speak to you. And if I get all upset and mad at you because you did something I didn't like, I need to get to the altar. I need to get to the altar because that's not God. Guess who that is? That's Beelzebub. That's who that is. And so much of the church is filled with that. But God, but God, God's doing something in these last days. Because I'm telling you, we ain't got a lot of time. We really don't have a lot of time. And God is doing something. He's working things. And, and he's putting some pressure on some things. And, 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 and Revelation says that the bride prepares herself. And so whenever someone stands up and they say, you know, God's dealing with love. God's dealing with love in my heart. If I, don't have, if I don't walk in love, if I go out and I just spew condemnation on people, then, I, you know, that's not the love of God. I need, to, I need to listen. I need to listen to that. And I need to get to the altar and say, God, show me what's in me. Show me, God. Because he said to me that he <laughs> who lives in me is greater than he who lives in the world. And when he showed me that, I start seeing, oh, okay, that, that means that, that the one who loves lives in me, so I can love. I can love. I honestly can love. The fruit of the Spirit, the first one is love. How often do we get frustrated at our kids? Because they act like little heathens. I'm the one what raised them. You know? We get, but we get mad at them. And I understand. I was a parent. I still am a parent, actually. <laughs> but we have to start saying, God, show me why does that make me mad? Why does that make me mad when they do that? Why does that make me mad when my husband tells me what to do? That's a big one. <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, you ain't the boss of me. <laughs> uh, there's a scripture somewhere that says we are to submit to each other. Right before it says, wives, submit to your husbands. We submit to each other. And don't nobody ever want to talk about that one. But that's okay, I will. 
Yeah, and I submit to my own husband, not yours. Come on. <laughs> but we submit to each other. And what does that actually mean? Die to my flesh and I prefer you over me. That's love. That right there is love that I prefer you over me. I heard this man also, he talked about how what's so great about me that I have to have the first class seat. You know, if I get the best parking space, that means someone else didn't. And I'm supposed to be preferring someone else over me. That just went a little too deep, too far. That's too far to take this love thing. I mean, that's just crazy. Because it's the favor of God that I got the best parking spot. It's the favor. Hey. But if I'm supposed to be preferring you over me, and I swoop it in there and get that spot, you know, right, you know, I cut you off to get it. You know, that's real Jesus. Hallelujah. I hope my fish on the back of my vehicle ain't showing. Freedom Ministries. Oh, my God, I got Freedom Ministries all over the back of my car. Mm. Better watch out. We best watch out because he's watching out. He's watching us. But it's because he's wanting to help us because he's such a good God. Right? He's so good and he's so loving and he's like, come on, you're mine and I want you to walk in this love. If we can't, it says on down in here, if I can't love my brother who I see, how am I going to love God who I hadn't seen? I'm gonna, if I can't love my husband who I live with, how am I going to love God? I know I feel that one. Folks is like, if I can't love the drug addict down the road who Jesus gave his life for, just like he gave his life for me, I didn't cost more than that person did. I don't cost more. I cost the exact same thing. The same thing that everyone else did. Thank you, Jesus. He says, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and we keep his commandments. And what are his commandments? To love agape, love God. To love my neighbor as myself. It's already been preached this morning. So we check ourselves. We check our heart. I have to check my heart. If I just want to tell you how wrong you are. I tell you you're going to hell. You're going to bust hell wide open if you keep doing that. That's not love. That, there's no God anywhere in that. Jesus would say, come here. Come here. Let me feed you. Let me feed you. Let me clean you up. Come here. Sit with me for a little while. Let me just hold you. That's what Jesus would say. That's what he did with me. And that's what we're supposed to be doing with others. Loving, being gentle, being kind, being merciful. 
1 Timothy 1, 5 says the purpose of the commandment is to love from a pure heart. That's what I'm supposed to be doing is loving with a pure heart. So I have to get to the altar and I have to have God take some things out of my heart. But if he says I can love with a pure heart, that means I can have a pure heart. So there's hope. I can have a pure heart. Hallelujah. And that's what, that's what this ministry is all about, is getting my heart right, getting all this stuff out of my heart so that I can be right, so that I can walk in this love, so that I can not give in to my own self, so that this, this life can turn around from being about me. <laughs> I'm kind of excited about that. That it will turn around and it's not going to be about me anymore. I'm, I'm real excited about that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, being a Christian, there's more to being a Christian than just coming to church. I, I have to start changing. I have to be the image of God. He said, he said in Genesis that he created man to be the image. Let us create man in our image. And then it talks all through the New Testament about how I'm the image of God. That I'm supposed to be being transformed into the image of God. Well, what is He? He is love. That's what He is. And if I'm going to be changed from glory to glory, every single time I get in the glory, I should walk in more love. Every single time. Every single time. Or I'm not in the glory. I'm not in the glory, or I'm glorying in me. That, I mean, that's just what he shows me. But if I'm getting in the glory, if I'm, gonna, if I'm in glory, if I really am like hooked up with the presence of God, with the person of God, I'm connecting to him. His love has to start washing all of that stuff out of me. So that I can allow what he deposited in me to start coming out and, and pouring over on you. So when I'm gone, what I want people to know, what I want them to remember me by, is she loved unconditionally. And I want him to do that work in me. I want him to finish that thing in me. Finish that love in me, God. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.